The Persistent and Nasty podcast is a series of interviews and informal discussions with inspiring women and other marginalised voices in theatre, film and beyond. From actors to activists, we aim to amplify these voices and invite the world to stay nasty. If you enjoy the Persistent and Nasty podcast and support the work that we do, please like, download, subscribe and review each episode. It really does help us get our message out and our incredible guests heard to as many people as possible. Hello you gorgeous lot and welcome to another episode of the Persistent and Nasty podcast. Elaine here, how are you all doing? Hope you're looking after yourselves, each other, staying well. And if you're lucky enough to have the sunshine, make sure you are wearing that SPF and not getting burnt. Today's episode, I chat with the brilliant Sarah Ray. Uh, Sarah is an actor, musician, and up until recently was the front singer for the band Sarah and Junebug. Um, Their EP actually drops today. So we have put links to where you can find that in the show notes. Make sure and check it out. It's absolutely great. We talk about so many different things. We talk about um, being a musician and an actor and what that brings. Um, We talk about finding your own path, the process of songwriting. Um, Sarah also started to write um, plays. We talk about growing up in Scotland um, and being queer and also going to Catholic school and being queer. We talk about being an actor and what that means nowadays being queer as well. Um, Really important conversation and since it is Pride it feels very apt that this is today's episode and for everyone happy Pride but as always we celebrate uh, and support and are with everyone in the LGBTQIA community um, all year round and always will be. You can follow us on all social media, Twitter at Persistent Nasty, Instagram at Persistent and Nasty, Facebook Persistent and Nasty. You can send us a wee email to persistentandnasty at gmail.com. You may have noticed on our social media, we are starting to share some of the amazing testimonials that people have sent us. If you want to send us one, we would love to read it and share it with everyone. Your support and your encouragement and your constant backing of us means the absolute world to us. So thank you so very, very much. You can also follow Louise and I on um, social media also. Louise is at Ms. Louise Oliver on both Twitter and Instagram. And I am at Elaine Stirrett on Twitter and Elaine.Stirrett at Elaine.Stirrett on Instagram. For today's episode, oh, it's really sunny. So maybe a fruity cider or um, a lovely glass of wine, um, a cocktail, maybe... I do really love like a sparkling elderflower and something if you don't fancy any alcohol. Um, maybe a latte if that's your thing. But you know, you could always just have a good old cup of tea. Sit back, relax and enjoy. Hello lovely listeners and welcome to another episode of the Persistent and Nasty podcast. I am really excited to be joined by the wonderful Sarah Ray today. Sarah is a musician, singer and actor and uh, let's just have a little chat about you, Sarah. Hello, how are you? 
I'm all right. I'm all right. I have actually realized that I've got like a shirt that makes a lot of noise on today. <laughs> um, so I'll probably just, you know, mute myself while you're talking. So there's not some weird ASMR going on in the background. <laughs> I mean, some people might quite like that, but you know, it's not. It's not. I mean, I do have a, I do have a mug that says PG tits. Oh, PG tits. Love it. <laughs> oh my God. I actually love that mug. <laughs> Where did you get it? I kind of want it. I don't know. know. I think I think my partner got it. I think it's not my mug. I think I might have stole it. Okay. Probably shouldn't have admitted to that. Sorry, right. nobody held okay. against me. Held against you in a court of law. <laughs> <laughs> the theft of the PG tips mug. Um, I actually got fabulous socks from just give them a shout out. I mean, they're not sponsoring us or anything, but the Spark Company. That's just all different shapes of boobs on them. They're Bloody Love lovely. I love them. <laughs> um, anyway, back to you, Sarah. So um, let give our listeners a potted history of you. A plot, a plotted history. Potted, potted. Oh, sorry, potted. <laughs> I mean, you can plot it if you want. It's totally up to you. It's a little diagram. Um, well, I don't know. I'm Sarah Ray. I left school when I was 15 to go to college and do acting and then left college. I was a fishmonger for a year. That was interesting. Where are you? <laughs> yeah. It was it was disgusting. No, it was actually okay. <laughs> I don't mind that I actually like the smell of fresh fish. I just don't like the when it goes out of date, obviously. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm I think everybody's probably with you on that one, right? <laughs> yeah. Was that so. it was so was that after you left college you became a fishmonger? Yeah, I left um Langside and then was a fishmonger for a year. Well well um Try to be an actor. I kind of just went more onto the music after college because I met my bandmate in college. She did music. So we kind of just did more music. I tried to put on a play at one point, didn't go well. So that didn't go ahead. And then I went and rejoined college at um, like Coatbridge, Motherwell. So I did my BA and then kept to the music a bit more and finally, finally got my first agent after grad. <laughs> Yeah, after graduating like six years ago. Um. <laughs> so I think that's really important though, like that people know that because I think there's that thing, isn't there, when you're, especially when you're um, training to be an actor, there's this whole build up for three years of showcase and making sure that you get the agent. And the reality is not everybody is going to get one. Yeah, very rarely I think people actually get one from their showcase. Like... I think I only know a handful of people that actually did from both of the courses. So yeah, very rare. I don't know if it was like more in that time as well, but if, I, I had long, like short brown hair, brown eyes. So I looked like half the people in everybody's uh, like registry or whatever. So. Yeah, and their books. Yeah. So yeah. They, didn't need, they didn't need another one. So, <laughs> And that's also, but it's that thing, right? Because it's like, you know, when you're doing your course, you're just kind of doing your stuff and you're focused on everything else. But actually that kind of conversation that you've got to have with yourself as well, at like in third year of, well, what is, what is it that makes me different from somebody that, you know, as you say, they could have 10 people already on their books that have got long, dark hair and brown eyes and, yeah like height five six five seven you know if, if only I was that height well <laughs> <laughs> I can't ride roller coasters Jesus <laughs> That's not true. you're not small 
I'm, people say I give off tall energy, but then they meet you, me and they're like, "You, I thought you'd be taller. And I'm like, I can't help that. <laughs> do you know, it's so funny. I don't think you, oh, I think you do give off tall energy. <laughs> anyway, uh, well, we can talk about your tall energy later on. <laughs> so you left school at 15 was it always in performing that you wanted to do I always wanted to perform I think I was always like I'm one of five so I've got a big family so like if we were fighting and my brother would touch me I'd throw myself down the end of the hallway and pretend that he just rattled me down there um (laughs) my mum used to be like you'll win an Oscar one day um but I never really got into acting until I was like 14 and then I was like, oh, I could go and do this straight out of college, straight out of school. So I just kind of left and I didn't really want to do anything academic. <laughs> I didn't like school. The structure of school was really like prison-y. Mm. <laughs> Especially like a Catholic school when you're like a young little queer character running about. It's not it's not the safest place being in a Catholic school, but yeah, it was it was fine. I enjoyed the performance side of it. So I don't, I do both acting and music because I like doing both, basically. There's so many people, especially just now, and um, <clears throat> certainly it feels like in Scotland, the kind of actor musical thing is like really huge and makes me kind of think I should have learned an instrument all it's the time. It's never too late. It's never too late. I don't, I'm just, do you know, I think <laughs> my sister got the musical part, like, and I am just like, I have tried to learn um, the ukulele, but and which everybody can seem it seems like everybody can play the ukulele and I'm like I can't I can't play the ukulele you can't no I don't see because I learned guitar first I just keep going to play guitar chords on it and I, I haven't processed in my brain that it's different yet ah okay so I just hit random things until it sounds okay <laughs> maybe I'll just start doing that and see what happens <laughs> So I'd really love to talk a little bit more if you're cool with it about being queer and being at a Catholic school and what that was like. Yeah, I mean, it was still like, I didn't properly come out until I was older. Um, But when you look back and you kind of process the whole, like, why did I act like this? Why was like, I don't know. I actually had quite a few boyfriends because I think I was very like hiding the fact that I liked the girls in my class to if they hear this I don't fancy you I never did um but (laughs) (laughs) But like I think it was just a big like learning curve because you go to like we had like pro-life conferences and had like a teacher who was very like very anti anti anti-gay and I remember being sent out of class because he spoke about his son who did rugby all the time. And I was like, well, what if your son turns out to be gay? And I got sent out of class for asking. So it was just, I, I used to ask them questions I weren't meant to ask. So I got sent out of class quite a bit for it. I wasn't a quiet queer. I was quite loud. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't a quiet queer. That's like, that's where's Misha with my badges like that like I wasn't a quiet queer should be on one of our badges um that's a really interesting thing of that so how long ago would that be that you were at school 10 years ago yeah 10 11 yeah 10 11 years so just in that kind of 10 11 years and the kind of change that has happened and you know pro-life conversations within your school and anti-gay conversations within your school 
I didn't go to a, a Catholic school and left school much longer than 10 years ago, like <laughs> over 20. And it's it's really interesting how just the change in what's kind of happened even in the last kind of five years. Do you know if there's been a shift at that school or if it's still? I don't know about the particular school. Like I know, I know people that still work at the school. Um, and the conversation never really comes up about sort of that. Um, but obviously in different schools, it is very a lot more like, you know, it's a lot more heard of to have like, like gay, bisexual, queer, uh, like students at it. Like I've got family members that are still in school and like out and loving their best lives. But it's interesting that kind of dynamic that they're exploring it so young. Um, yeah. I don't know about the particular school though. I don't I don't think half the teachers are still there to be honest. And it's a Catholic school, so they're not gonna teach you. They're not gonna teach you sex ed, never mind gay sex mm. ed. So. Mm. Yeah. Um yeah. I wonder if they're still teaching pro life as well. So it's a obviously pro-life. a hot topic. Yeah, especially now, yeah. The mm-hmm. pro life was just like one class and they were like, we need people to, like they made people go to conferences like in Loch Lomond and you would just be in this conference with all these people and they'd show you a video and it's this woman who was like I'm I'm my mother was sexually assaulted and now I'm born and look at me I'm an advocate for pro-life and it's just like okay each to their own but yeah very heavy stuff you get taught in that RSE. Yeah that's yeah that's that is that's heavy <laughs> yeah um um, okay and then you went to Langside and you did your three years there and how was that for you like again as a queer person at that point? Yeah Langside's really where I grew up and like because I was young so I was like 15 turning 16 so like didn't really know where I was at like I had different sort of hormones than what the girl the girls in my class had because they were all like 18 um not all of them 17 18 so like for me it was like a growing up stage so like when you're in fifth and sixth year, people are like, oh, you really discover yourself. But I really discovered myself through college and through acting. So it was a really nice way to express yourself without going insane. Um, but it was it was fine. I never really explored it properly in college. I'd like come out and go back in again. I'm like, well, not, not quite ready, not there yet. Um, and yeah, I waited quite a long time before actually exploring it and going on dates with girls and stuff. It was never a it was never a big thing. I was always just really loud. But yeah, I don't know. It just took a while to explore it for me. It took a while for it to become a confidence thing and be able to speak about it and stuff. I think it's really important that people know that you know things. We all process things at different times, and we take our. Um, we, we all can come to things at a later point some of us come at them earlier it doesn't because it does feel sometimes that there is this you need to know what you are really early on mm. and that's it and you need to know like what you want to do and who you want to be and all of these things when actually most of us are just trying to get through the day yeah I mean like I had I had like relationships with guys during college I had like meaningful relationships 
I was always quite open to the fact that I was bisexual just because I was like yeah do you know what I do like I do I do appreciate the female form um but like I wouldn't change it like even though I'm like you know fully fledged lesbian now I wouldn't like uh be like oh I'll go back and change it like I'm really glad I had relationships with the people I had relationships with and learned the things I learned and I still friends with like all of them so I think that's really important it's that thing of you know relationships in your life are about the people not about the what's in their pants or <laughs> isn't in their pants yeah <laughs> I think it's you know relationships are it's how we grow I think as well as performers in particular like how you move through the world and the people that you meet um that has an impact on you and gives you experiences that you need really and then you started doing your music and you started the band so mm. tell us about tell us about that yes yeah, Sarah, Sarah and Junebug we're uh, yeah it's like eight years ago or something we're actually just releasing our first EP at the end of this month we're, we're all online and stuff we've got like like Spotify and all that but that's good we played a lot of really cool shows we got to play Transmit, um, supported Emily Sandy, Tom Walker, uh, just stuff like that. Like we've had a lot of like fun, like memories and we travel about quite a bit just doing like pub gigs as well. So it's been, it's been nice. It's been like, a, it's been a busy, busy few years with it. Um, so yeah, it's nice to have everything, have the best of both worlds. That's why I'm like, going back into acting as well it's nice to be able to do both yeah yeah it probably there's probably that thing as well right that your music gives you a different confidence going into auditions and then vice versa in that sense yeah definitely like I always get asked like what do I prefer music or acting I'm like well no nah, I like I like both I don't like do you know what I mean so when you're going in to do like an audition and they want you to perform a song or they want you to send I had an audition where they wanted me to play an instrument to show that I could play it and then just sing. And I was like, this is the easiest audition of my life. Cause like I can understand and like learn and retain music information more. Whereas like words, I'm like, okay. <laughs> as long as they're singing in an audition, I'm not too bothered about it. Cause I feel like I can, I sounded really, oh, look at me. I just feel like I can. <laughs> I can understand, I can like release myself through that um, and the, the words kind of come second sometimes, but yeah. Yeah, that release through music. I think even people who aren't musical in that way would totally understand that. There's something so powerful about music and what it does to us and how it makes us feel. Mm. No, it's a great, it's, thank God for music, honestly. Uh. <laughs> yeah. I mean, sometimes I have days when I'm feeling like if I've just been feeling really shitty, I just uh, I'll put on some musical theatre and I'll just like sing my little heart out for a good couple hours, and then I'm like, oh, I feel quite, I feel a bit better. What's or, your go-to musical? Oh, it varies. It varies. Um, what oh, is my go-to at the moment? I do love Waitress. I, I love was just them. about to say that. <laughs> it's so good. I do love it. Um. Hamilton obviously I mean everybody's gonna say that right um, I've actually never I've actually never seen it 
I've never seen it live. I've only seen it on Disney Plus, so I can't <laughs> and listened to the soundtrack. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I I also I also love a ballad. Hmm. You know, if you want a good screech and a good sound, <laughs> get a bit of Celine on. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Bonnie Tyler. Yes, Bonnie Tyler. I mean, come on. Um, so <clears throat> what was it like for you kind of doing, because it's really interesting doing transmit and supporting Emily Sandy, because, you know, people would hear all that, Sarah, and then they would be like, oh, and then you're still doing pub gigs, because I think there's this idea, both for musicians and actors, that you get like a kind of high profile job and all of a sudden mm. that's like you. Yeah. It's a, uh, we, we did the, we did the show Emily Sandy's Street Symphony and it was on BBC Scotland and it was like, she went around buskers and basically was like, oh, you're good. Uh, come do this like concert with me with the BBC National or- Orchestra. Um, and we did the show and the show came out and then supported her and then we supported her I think it was 2019 and then t- early 2020 we supported Tom Walker and then Transmit was meant to be 2020 the lockdown had just come up like the first one the first wave um so we were on like a very like you know good trajectory like we were going up we were having a steady like flow of good jobs and thought oh maybe we don't need to do you know pubs that often and then Covid hit and it's interesting during COVID because it's either made musicians or kind of just plateaued them slightly. Um, so a lot of new musicians have come out through COVID, like just like started during COVID and like are really successful. Um, but like the pub gigs are, are, that's that's like our nine to five. That's the jobs that we need to like feed the wains. Because um, <laughs> <laughs> like, like it's, you know, it's just weekend work and stuff like that. But um, no, nah, I think a lot of the people that, if they are just doing music, they're either making a ton of money or they've got a ton of backing and don't need it. It's a very expensive thing if you're not getting as much in return. Like, I think if you release a song and it costs like £500 to record, for example, then promotion, then putting on all these things, and you probably only get like 50 quid back. So yeah, unless you're big and famous, there's no return. So you need to do pub gigs or busk or just have a job. It pays the bills. <laughs> yeah, I that's I think that kind of works in probably all aspects of kind of performing life right it's like Mm. unless you have financial support or um you have got backing of some form of other or other that to sustain yourself in this industry whether that be actor dancer a musician singer it's all those other things need to come into play and there'll be people listening who'll be like you get 50 quid back like that's (laughs) that's a that's a good day that's if you're lucky (laughs) that in itself for people is going to be maybe more of a reality check of like what it actually it isn't just the financial cost either it's the everything else that goes into it right it's the the classic for I mean it's a cliche for a reason the blood sweat and tears um (laughs) because you know it is um 
talking about the fact that you know you were on that trajectory at the start of 2020 um that must that must have been really tricky to then have to reevaluate and kind of rejig where you thought you were going to go yeah I think I think we thought we were going to just pick off where we were and then when reality hits when you when everything's open back up and you're you know you're releasing music and you're like oh do you know what it's not doing as well as what we thought it was going to do and um it was it was really interesting because like obviously when COVID hit everyone in my family or like friends they'd be like oh that's a shame you were just on the app and I'm like let me know thanks for thanks for, thanks for rubbing that in while we're in a pandemic as well cheers <laughs> so they were like masks and gloves on like yeah cheers man um but like yeah it was it's an interesting one like everybody every, covid and lockdown hit everyone do you know what I mean so it's not it's not like a woe is me situation it's just more like all right well that's a shame that happened what can you do I have to kind of just learn to move on from it like we can't control it so I mean you're right but I also think there's something in that kind of plan I think that we have and I can I'm talking about myself you know and other performance performers that I know of when things start to kind of start kind of trickling and rolling you're like oh great and you do get that sense of where it's going and what's happening so yeah. to be able to turn around and go you know you can't control it and not do the woes me thing I think is really mature first of all and like I've got a lot of respect for you because I would have been on the floor going oh my god what <laughs> it's nearly there I feel like um, the kind of way I can describe it is like this is really football cliche but it's like when you're walking up like the stairs to a stadium and they're all singing a song say and you go up and you're up and you're like really excited but then you get you go and you look in the stadium and it's empty and it's just like that's the only way I can describe it like you're just like oh okay so that didn't go to plan not what I was expecting yeah I was expecting like a few people singing but you know but when you were talking about the other kind of other musicians that kind of did get some notoriety throughout a lockdown especially Mm -hmm. the first wave do you think were they doing more things online maybe or was it just did they hit a niche did they do tiktok oh I tiktok I just got it there I don't know how to work the thing um yeah so some bands just started solely in lockdown I don't know like if they lived together or something they were bored and they're like oh let's let's just do something let's start something so there's a few of them that started during lockdown that just you know if they've not released music as soon when you first release music your pals and all that are 100% behind you they're going to share everything everything that you do so then that kind of like kind of snowballs and it can help you but when you've been releasing music for like a number of years and people are like oh they're just oh that's just another just another cover do you know what I mean so it just depends like a couple of videos <clears throat> we did a few lives um and stuff and a couple of videos got a good sort of result um I think the people that made it during lockdown are just I think I think it was mainly the fact they were a newer thing it's like easier, like people are supportive, but by the end of COVID, people don't want to be online. 
people didn't want to look at Facebook anymore. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, where everybody was like over it. Mm. We've had enough. We want to be back in person. Yeah. Um, you write as well, don't you? I try. You try. <laughs> <laughs> what is that process like for you? In what sense is this the plays or songs? Both. Uh. <laughs> Um, I love that you're like, is this plays or songs? Because <laughs> I do both. Thanks very much. <laughs> How did you not know? No, like, um, no, like it's well, it's very different. Music, like songs, I kind of just I've been writing a lot. You kind of go through stages. You go through like like writer's block, and you can't write for like six months, and you can write like a, a verse, and that's you. But I've been writing a lot more recently. Um, because I think when I write songs, it's really important for me to be able to release whatever pent up tension or frustration to have through the song. And then I don't need to revisit them in my brain. That's a kind of therapy for me, I suppose. Um, but my kind of process is just <laughs> find nice chords that work and then try and make a melody. Um, kind of just happens when people ask me how to, how to write a song. I'm like, I don't know, like, get your rhyme so that words. always just come to you you've never done any kind of like you didn't go and study songwriting or anything like that it just came to you no no I never I never got any like lessons in music uh the songwriting especially is just been writing songs since I was like we just like singing wee silly songs running about the house and then when I learned guitar I was able to do it a lot better um and just spent a lot of time just writing just don't know putting putting feelings on a page <laughs> getting those feelings out when did you start learning the guitar um <laughs> I remember I started learning it in fourth year of high school because one of the girls was getting guitar lessons and I wanted to be better than her <laughs> so <laughs> and I was like sitting playing guitar hero and then looking at my electric guitar I had sitting in the corner like I could just play with a real guitar instead of playing like like Oasis or something on the guitar hero and hitting four buttons but um it was kind of I just learned from a, a picture book um and it was like a big booklet that you, when when kids read books um <laughs> it was a big booklet and it just had the the tabs and showed you what chords were and that was it. So have you always been musical? I've always sang. Um, my mum says I used to like run around with my, when I used to wear dresses when I was young. <laughs> this is quite bad. I used to, you know the song, Flash. Ah. I used yeah. to like flash during the word <laughs> flash. I used to go flash. Ah. <laughs> and I, I always like, I remember singing, um, of Flower of Scotland for my primary seven graduation. But I had I'd done it, I don't know why, but I had sang of Flower of Scotland in the most English accent humanly possible. So I'm like, there's a video of me like standing on the stage singing this solo and I'm like, oh, Flower of Scotland. I mean, okay. <laughs> I do video's now burned <laughs> is it really though it'll be on the internet somewhere nothing ever leaves the internet it was just a it was just a dvd 
but oh, you're like yes thank god yeah it's not going anywhere <laughs> like I've got one video on YouTube of me little 17 year old me singing Try by Pink and I it's awful and I can't remember my login to take it down and I keep reporting it <laughs> you're reporting your own video because you're like get it yeah get it gone yeah, it's a different account so I had to, I keep reporting it because I don't want it there and I'm like every every week there's a new report this is this is spam <laughs> it is it is that thing we kind of forget but the internet remembers everything nothing yeah. Once it's once it's out there and up there, it never goes. It's there for for all time. Yeah, um, I got most of them away. Just that one. <laughs> I just got rid of that one. What about the plays, Sarah? I've uh, I've written I've written, I've written a few plays. Um, I've only put one on stage in in my wee lifetime. Um, when I left, um, like Coatbridge College, um, and I think. I think it's New College Lanarkshire actually but New Clan yeah yeah New Clan but Coltbridge um I need to sound tougher uh I put a play on at the art school and they were really nice and like we're really like oh we'll just do like a box split because I didn't have any budget I was just like yeah let's try it and that went well it was like three nights um and I've been nurturing a little baby of mine uh for a very long time and I keep rewriting it uh so hopefully get some more workshops and that done. But that's all just uh, like Lost Stars. The one that was put on was actually about like news stories. Um, so there was like a story of three girls and then in between would be like news stories and how these girls would react to them. So like, like the Orlando shooting in the gay club and stuff like that. And then it's them processing it. And then it was just different like flashes up and stuff like that. But I like to make it quite the audience like sat in the middle and there was four stages instead of like a one wall thing mm. and then they just like looked whatever the scene was so um when I write I always write with how it's going to look on stage in mind it's not just a story like I'm like directing it in my brain at the same time yeah so coming from it from a really visual kind of point of view as well yeah yeah I think so many of us that are creative do that the, mm-hmm. the visual is always there as well as everything else it's mm. just kind of in the background. Um, can I want to just kind of circle back to being an actor and um, obviously you are openly queer. Do you find that that is maybe kind of has hindered in some way? I think it's it's interesting just now um, because the industry is realising how like non-inclusive it's been um like so a lot of the cast and it's all very specific um when I first signed up with my agent no no questions were asked until an audition came through and like I got a phone call and she was like um I'm really sorry to ask this but um they're looking for someone who's part of you know LGBT are you I was like yeah I'm there um (laughs) so (laughs) so like I think when it's very specific casting they're looking for, I don't think it's a hindrance, but there are a lot of, you know, actors out there with short hair who are a lesbian and, you know, tattoos and stuff. So I think it's, I, th- I don't know, it's just, 
it just is what it is. It's just what the industry is now. I wouldn't say it's a hindrance, though. I think it kind of works more in my favour, um, I think. No, that's good. I think... Um because the reason I ask is obviously for years there's been such a lack of visibility mm. um, and as you say like a lack of inclusivity and I think that the work that has been happening for me probably the last mm, 10 years even but in particular the last five it's just it's good to know that that has actually been embedded rather than it all just being lip service yeah um and I, I was watching Instagram today and one of my friends had shared something because um, what had happened yesterday was, uh, I'm sure you've seen it because I know that you are a big football fan, um, <laughs> the um, player down south who has come out. Oh. Uh, he's gay. Um, first openly gay male footballer in UK. the UK in decades probably. Well, yeah, the, the first guy that did it that came out I don't remember his name but he like even this was like the 90s the 80s or whatever and he used to get booed off his own yeah. fans and like yeah. just couldn't he couldn't really live his love his life but it's a very different world now so hopefully he gets a good response but he's very young so. he is very young um but it just somebody had said something about you know talking about the coming out thing and how I mean for me I'm always like why do people need to come out I'm just like why is this even a conversation I'm a bit like why can't somebody just go this is who I'm seeing yeah this is what it is but the person on Instagram that I saw made a point of you know if you've never had to do that you're already in a, a position of privilege yeah and I think what I think about is with our industry is there are so many people who are in various have various difference of privilege, whether it be they are from an upper class background or well, they're white, mm. a straight, male, etc. Um, so that privilege is already there, but it's just I think that thing of like wanting to know that the industry is making the changes that it promises. Yeah, I think even like even voiceover auditions it's like yes we want someone part of the lgbt and it's you know that that's a big step up because you can't see who's behind the voice mm. do you know what i mean like you can't see them um so like even if they're like proper looking for that department like there are a lot of like companies that are definitely striving for like like equity and equality in that department yeah yeah. I think I've I, I'm so cynical it's really bad because there's that part of me that's just kind of thinking well as long as you are doing it because you're doing it for the right reasons and you're not doing it just as a box ticking exercise so that you can say at the end of the year yeah. oh, we employed x amount of people from yeah so you can get your funding yeah I'm like <laughs> no, it should be from yeah everybody knows everybody knows some consent where I'm going with that one but no I get you it's yeah there's this cynical part of me I'm like mm, we shall see <laughs> but it's really good that you don't that you don't feel that that is a hit no nor that it should be um but you haven't experienced that because I'm sure that there'll be older actors that you'll speak to and I know 
I have older friends who <clears throat> and are older than me um, who are part of the LGBTQ mm. community. And I know that they found it hard at points being yeah. open. Yeah, it's like it's, it's a really interesting thing considering like if you look at if you look at like movies in like something like high school movies or whatever and it's like these are the drama geeks and like they're all gay but so it's like the stereotype is they're all like they're all like exploring themselves but then when you look at the industry it's like okay you're not exploding (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah and it's that thing of like drama does bring various people from all different walks of life into a space because it has that power and potential and I think especially when you're younger um there's a safety there because you're all just kind of trying to find who you are and find yourself and so is everyone else um I think the world would be a much better place if more people did that and explored all the different facets of themselves and humanity and empathy yeah it's going to be quite exciting like looking forward of like how just just how how advanced everything's going to be because like every day people are becoming more and more like accepting of everything so like what in 20 30 years time like the world's going to be a completely like different environment because hopefully most of the bigots would have died out (laughs) <laughs> I mean yeah let's hope so let's hope so um, Sarah what have you got uh, what are you working on what are you coming up obviously you talked about the fact that you're writing just now yeah um I just write a lot of songs um I've got I've got my a wee gig coming up on the 7th of August in King Tut's I'm working on myself you're working on yourself excellent I'm working on myself I'm becoming a better person (laughs) (laughs) I think that's great we all need to be doing that um so just as a singer is there anyone that you kind of look up to and are like that kind of work ethic creative element that you go yeah that's what I'm kind of aiming for Oh yeah, like Susie Quattro. In an instance, I absolutely adore Susie Quattro. Um, I just went to go see her in London at the Royal Albert Hall. Um, and then I'm I'm a big fan girl, so I've watched her like documentaries and everything. Like she, she's been in the public eye for a really long time. She's did music, she's did acting, all of the ones she was like, was it? I don't know the musical. And it's like, anything you can do, I can do better. I can do better. Hey, I'm like, Annie, your, get your gun. I was about to say, find your gun, Annie. But yeah, that's the one. Yeah. So she was in like the West End debut of that and stuff. Like she writes, she does music, she writes poetry. She's just, she's just perfect. <laughs> <laughs> she's just, she's just perfect. And she's so responsive to like people, her fans as well. So yeah, that's, that's who I want to adopt me. Okay, great. We'll make that happen. We'll start that process. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Sarah, before we finish, we always like to ask the question, um, what does the phrase persistent and nasty mean to you? 
Now, I know that you know why we're called Persistent and Nasty. So everybody who listens on the regular will be really glad that I'm not doing my little spiel. <laughs> um, so <laughs> Sarah Ray, what does Persistent and Nasty mean to you? It means that I can be out loud and proud as much as I want to be. Oh my God, I love that. Thank you. I was practicing it for like four years. <laughs> I have been waiting for this moment. <laughs> now it is here. Um, thanks so much for coming and chatting with me today. It's been really lovely me. to have you on. Okay, we're going to try and do this. Okay, so until next time, <laughs> lovely listeners. Stay nasty. Stay. <laughs> it's good. It's all good. <laughs>